0: I like the rants. Ranting is fun. But also makes it cleanses the soul.
1: Uh, Detroit is to be one of the best sports cities in the country, if not the best. Sh- surely, Javi can't be as bad this year as he was last year. Sh- surely, that can't be the case.
0: One of the worst offenses, if not the worst offense, like in the modern era of baseball, just absolutely atrocious. He is a piece of the puzzle. He is not the entire puzzle. Right. He's a puzzle piece, but he is not the entire puzzle.
1: This is the Michigan and Trumbull Podcast with your hosts Alex S. Freeman and Luke Jaconis. Hello and welcome to the Michigan and Trumbull Podcast. I'm Alex Freeman, joined as always by Luke Jaconis. Luke, I'm I'm broadcasting live from my parents' basement. Like like any typical mid-30s baseball podcaster would be. <laughs> How are you doing?
0: Hey, you know what, man? Some, we got a little bit of a freaky Friday situation, even though we're recording on a, a Thursday right now, because when we started this podcast, it was in the height of the pandemic, and I was living with my parents in Aurora, Illinois. I was broadcasting and recording from their basement, so there's no shame at all about ever feeling like you've taken a step back in life if you're recording in your parents' house. Because I actually always like it. I always liked it. I always had to, remember, I used to always have to tell my parents, and kind of in particular, be like, guys, you know, like we're recording down there. My dad, who I love, you know, his, his home, he can do whatever the hell he wants. But he'd be kind of stomping around like he was the big friendly giant. <laughs> and I'd be like, what if these guys can hear this upstairs right now? But uh, yeah, no shame there. You ever If you go back and watch those first few episodes of the show, there was I think I had that tiger's flag hung up behind me. Yep. And then after a while, I may have had a couple times where it was the house divided flag, or it was Cubs Cardinals because my dad's a Cardinals yep. fan, my stepmom's a Cub fan, so no shame at all. And you got some beautiful Broadway posters behind. The beautiful you, Broadway
1: so. posters, love you know, it. It's a lovely. And actually, my parents are not stomping around upstairs in their in their own home. They are currently at uh, Bluey with my nieces and nephews. <laughs> Uh, I
0: really thought you were about to be like, they're at a West Michigan Whitecaps game. And you completely went, you could have given me 50 I, guesses. I would not have gotten it once.
1: And I did not go. I opted <laughs> to not go to the West Michigan Whitecaps game. Uh, no, the Whitecaps are on the road this week, I believe. Ah, uh, that's right. So
0: that's right. I think you are correct. I was, I was watching uh, I, last night when you said, well, how's Howie Lee doing after Lorenzen threw that no-hitter? I was like, well, I got I to gotta clap back now. And he got a double. So, hey. Michael Lorenzen throws a no-hitter. Howie Lee hits a double in single A. I think we're all winners here, folks.
1: I think, yeah, it's a, it's one of those trades. Everybody won. Everybody, everybody
0: won. won. And is that the goal of the Major League, League Baseball? <laughs> we all want to be winners.
1: We all we just all, want to win. All,
0: every 30 teams, all 30 teams should win a trophy at the end of the year. So can't wait to see the Royals hoist one up.
1: Hoist up the participation trophy. Hoist Congratulations. You participated in Major League Baseball this year. <laughs> you did it you did it guys you did it um no so yeah to, to to fully time stamp the show because i think that looking up the uh bluey performance in grand rapids is probably not the way that folks want to figure out when we're actually recording this podcast it is thursday evening the tigers did beat the minnesota twins earlier this afternoon um, getting ready for a weekend series that, uh, you'll know the result of when this episode drops, but we do not, as we talk about the state of this team. Uh, so Luke, uh, bef- before we, before we head into the rant, um, have you, have you wa- caught the Tigers at all this week?
0: I have. So I did not watch any of the Tampa Bay series because spoiler alert to the listeners and the viewers. I was in New York city, saw Alex Saw his lovely wife, Holland. I saw their family. I saw some friends of mine, and uh, myself and my partner. Uh, we went and saw some shows over the week, and it was a great time. Uh, it's funny, you get a girlfriend, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, you just your 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 horizons broaden. Never been to New York once in my life, and now I've been twice in the last three months. So. Yeah, I did not get to watch any of uh, the game this past weekend because I knew the Rays were going to pummel the Tigers, which pretty much happened. And also I was enjoying my vacation in New York with you know a lot of good friends and people that I love. So uh, that's where I was at. But I did, I did watch the Minnesota series because I was back home. Vacation was over, sadly. And with the exception of the Matt Manning monstrosity on Monday. Ugly. Honestly, I, I got to give credit where credit's due. I've always tried to be impartial as I can. Really good series. Really, yeah. really good series. Eduardo Rodriguez lights out on Tuesday. Fajardo was a little bit shaky on Wednesday, but overall good. But he had plenty of help on offense. Cabrera, Vierling, Eric Hoss, and Zach McKinstry, all with three hit games on the Wednesday game. I believe Tigers ended up winning that one 9-5. And then today, honestly, out of the three games, I think this was the best played game all across the yep. board from pitching, defense, and offense. I was very impressed. Reese Olson looked great. Jason Shreve came in, got an inning. Bo Brusky really locked it down at the end, so they didn't have to use Cisnero, Holton, Alex Lang. Jason Foley's currently away with the team doing, uh, dealing with some personal reasons, so hopefully he'll be back soon. And then if you want to talk about today's game, the Thursday finale, um, Riley Green might be on trial for murder because he absolutely obliterated a baseball earlier yeah, just this afternoon destroyed it um yeah absolutely i think it's the longest uh homer of his career His very young career i think they said it went 453 feet
1: that so is correct
0: that is when when you hit a ball where he i mean he hit it to right center but where the seats are above that right field scoreboard in the corner where like the brick starts to come mm-hmm. kind of then to the left is the uh that center field with the shrubs and everything and all that I mean that's dead center, but to me that's that's the furthest part of the ballpark. And he didn't just like barely leak it over; he was probably ten to fifteen rows back. I mean, it was it almost looked like it was going to go by the concourse. Now I'm sure I'm probably over exaggerating a little bit, but like it was a moonshot, and that was awesome to see.
1: Yeah. um, And not to not to give too much away, but as a little teaser for the end of the episode, when we get to my numbers game, um, we will talk about the longest home runs hit at Comerica Park, um, because obviously Riley Green's absolute blast uh, brought that up uh, into into conversation as as we looked at that. Yeah, he almost hit it to Little Caesars Arena. I think that's (laughs) that's how far. He hit that thing. I actually don't even know if that's the right direction. I apologize. To I was about to make a joke are... and say,
0: yeah, I was about to make a joke and say, actually, rumor has it, it just landed in the seat next to your parents at Bluey in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's but then right. I didn't know if that was the correct direction, technically. At the, at so
1: Foss Performing Arts Center um, <laughs> in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Quite a shot. Gravity
0: went out the window with that home run, truly. Quite I know, it was great. I mean, this this was a good series. I mean, I know, look we have dogged on this team not only this season but for many seasons and rightfully so cuz they have been just an absolute shit show but i've always said i will give credit where credit is due and i'll call them out when i feel like we have to call them out and if we're just basing mm-hmm. it off this four game series they played really well now obviously the tampa series although i wasn't watching the games i was checking the score yikes i know they won one of those games but i mean just that's a real ball club and and i did say this on our on our post game on our on the tiktok video i did for our account um I didn't want to be the party pooper on, you know, taking three out of four from the AL Central first place twins is, you know, definitely it warrants celebration, but it is the Minnesota twins who's going to probably win this division by default who may quite literally be under 500 and still win the division when it's all Mm -hmm. said and done at the beginning of October. So as like excited as I was that they took three out of four and yeah, they kind of crawled back into the games back column. They started at, Nine games back this series. They lost the opener, so that bumped them to 10. Then they won three in a row, so now they're at seven. Um, you know, obviously, depending on how these uh, Red Sox games shape up over the weekend, that could be a completely different story by the time this airs. But as it currently stands on Thursday, there's seven games out. So maybe that kind of you know, gets, oh, do they make it? You know, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even really want to open up that Pandora's box at this moment. But uh, just judging off this series alone, good stuff. But again, they're playing a very crappy Twins team. Yes. And had they done this, had they swept the Tampa Bay Rays and then won three out of four against the Twins or won two out of three against Tampa and three out of four against Minnesota, I would have said, look, they've played a great week of baseball here. Uh, But some of their losses in the last week when they've lost, they've lost. It has not been pretty. Um, But you know what? Let's not uh, be negative now. They took three out of four from the Twins. Maybe, maybe they catch fire. Maybe Cleveland and Minnesota just continue to implode. Detroit gets hot. They just barely sneak past and they win the Central. Probably not happening, but hey, you never know.
1: Now, Luke, before I cue you up for your rant, um, I we we breezed over something in your New York trip that um, you you didn't talk. You do have a stadium review to do in that you watched a softball game in Central I Park, I did. Um, so, to tell us about the softball game experience, who was your favorite player? Was it mm-hmm. um, the guy wearing number fourteen for the Fatten Cavs? What
0: team did I watch play again?
1: You watched the Fatten Cavs play. The
0: Fatten Cavs. I watched the Fatten Cavs. Yes, it was a it was a doubleheader Saturday in Central Park. The Fatten Cavs versus two other teams. One team that was pretty atrocious, and one team from the minute I saw them warming up in their matching purple jerseys, I went. This is going to be a problem for these guys.
1: They're and in trouble.
0: They're in trouble. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say I was right, but I was kind of right. Although I must say, although you dominated in the first game, you played them real well in the second game. Credit where credit's due to the opposing team in that second game, whose name I don't even remember. Um, but what I will say is they won, but I've never seen a team walk so much in softball. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get it. It's fair. It's legitimate. It's legitimate. But, like, I don't know. It's like, we're not they, really... They
1: moneyballed the hell out of
0: us. They did. They did. They did. Yeah, there was a couple of players who had multiple walks. And I was like, I've never seen... I've seen a game maybe it's, like, one walk, maybe two. But there's probably three to five walks, would you say? On yeah. On that Sunday, think, that I second game?
1: Probably loaded the bases twice on walks.
0: Yeah. So I was like, all right. Like, I get it. It counts. It's legal. But... It's kind of pathetic. A
1: Put the ball in play. Let's go. Put
0: the ball Swing. Swing the bat here. Like, come on. We're trying. It's hot outside. Although it was actually, I can't say that. It was a beautiful Saturday. Absolutely beautiful Saturday to watch some softball in Central Park. I did get to watch one Alex Freeman command the dish. And I'll tell you what, folks, you've heard of hitting Harold Castro. I'd like to call him swinging, swinging for the fences Freeman, except really he doesn't swing for the fences. No. You need a guy who needs a base hit, Alex Freeman is your man. He i'm really i'm
1: really um not not to say that i had the have had the illustrious career that Miguel Cabrera has had, but in the later years of mickey's career, that's my role on this softball team. You need a single i am there for you mm-hmm. i will i will move the line and uh i'm I'm not turning a double into a triple ever no i I don't have that kind of speed
0: also and i hate i hate to err. Dirty laundry here potentially, so forgive me if I'm exposing top marital secrets. But I was speaking with your lovely wife, my dear friend Holland, during the game, and she said you guys had a strict discussion of no more sliding. You're too old.
1: true. I'm too old. I've been it's been banned. It's over. It's
0: been banned. House guy can't slide.
1: last fall I slid at a game tore up my leg Mm -hmm. I was wearing pants in the game Uh uh-huh uh and that's and she told me no sliding then and then the first game of the season my second time on on base Uh uh I got caught between first and second on a dropped fly ball and they, they were throwing me out at second and I maintained that I beat the throw, but the umpire called me out after I slid into second base and again, tore up my leg. So it is now uh, officially over the sliding's over.
0: So no, no sliding. That's it. Alex's. is are he's never going to be challenging Ricky Henderson for most steals. That's for sure. Uh, what was also funny too, during the game was as that conversation was happening, I was sticking up for you being like, guys, it's like, come on. It's like, you're in the heat of the moment. You're a competitor. Like you're trying to like help your team win. And your father-in-law, Holland's father was like, absolutely. Like, yeah, of course, when you're in the adrenaline and then Holland, uh, Holland's mom, my girlfriend, Summer, my partner, uh, they were all being like absolutely ridiculous, beyond stupid, not worth it. It's a pickup softball game. You're grown men. You have jobs, you have lives. You should not be sliding. And I was like, all right, well, obviously we've got kind of a, Uh, a little bit of a line in the sand here. So let's just move on before this gets heated. But I was on your side. And if it it was up to me, which it is not, I would say keep sliding.
1: Not to um, uh, say that my wife has has never been a high level athlete. Um, But every time I ask an athlete the question of, Mm -hmm. in the heat of the moment, can I make a conscious decision not to slide? The answer is no. No. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And uh-huh. then you're like, ah, I shouldn't have done that.
0: Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll deal with the consequences after the You'll deal with having a torn up pussy leg for like six weeks. But if you're safe, you're like, hey, it was worth it. I was safe.
1: It was worth it. Safe. There it was. I got it. I in. will
0: say this. Watching you play softball, I have desperately been wanting to play some sort of recreational softball baseball league so badly. And I, th- the hard part is for me, you know, and I guess it's just part of it in life, you know. I don't. I, this is going to sound pathetic, but all of my core group of friends that I truly yeah. love in this like world, that I would be like, yeah, let's all get together and get a, a league going. I'm. They're not a single one of them are anywhere even in the state of Florida, you know. And a lot of my friends I've made down here are not sports people. Um, they have no interest in joining mm-hmm. a softball league. So it's like, all right, I either do it by myself or I just go meet a bunch of strangers, or I just don't play. But what I'm getting at here is if anyone is listening to this podcast and lives in Southwest Florida, in particular Naples, and you're looking to start a softball league, or if you need someone who can fly out or can uh, shag out a fly ball in the outfield and definitely get you at least a single or a double, please hit me up. I'm not probably as quick as I used to be, um, but I am trying to get in better shape. So, hey, I'm, I'm ready to come out of retirement.
1: And I will say, I will encourage everybody um sign up as a free agent in a league, go do it, go get out there, go meet some folks, have a good time. It's scary, but let me tell you, um if you're all just playing softball, you don't actually have to worry about maintaining too much of a conversation with anybody for very long
0: yeah so. I feel like there is a there is a there is a camaraderie that i that I just miss of the sports. I will say the one thing I have to deal with that you don't have to deal with in New York is you step outside certain days in Florida and you literally turn into a popsicle. It's actually quite the magic trick. Uh, So I know you don't have to deal with that so much in the big apple, but we, that is, that is a thing down here.
1: That is true. All right, Luke. um, I'm going to call that, call that the end of our softball discussion on this, on this Detroit Tigers baseball podcast. And uh, I think we're going to get you set up for a Luke rant.
0: You know, I was thinking when you asked me before we started recording, do you have a rant for this week? And coming off a fun vacation and actually the Tigers winning three out of four, my answer was no. But then I did think about two things that are pissing me off in the world of baseball. One is the Tigers. One is just my own sheer stupidity. So let's start with the funnier one first. I am horrible at the immaculate grid. Holy shit, am I bad at it. I thought I that I for as many random baseball players as I thought I could just rattle off in my lifetime I thought the Immaculate Grid was made for a moron like me but boy oh boy a moron I am because I have I'm terrible at it have you tried playing it I
1: have um, and I'm awful
0: i'm I'm I think unexpected
1: I mean, I think we all expected me to be terrible at it. We've heard me forget who is on the current Tigers roster sometimes. So
0: Mm. that's old age for you. That's your excuse. Yeah, it's because I slide Uh, sometimes and so much rattles right out 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 of my brain. CTE, man, CTE in those Central Park softball leagues is no joke, folks. But yeah, (laughs) uh, I am terrible at the Immaculate Grid. I have yet to complete an actual grid. And I know that's pathetic because you could be like, Luke, just like name all the superstars. Don't even go for the rarity score. Just say you've completed one. And it seems every time I get close to getting nine out of nine, regardless of what the rarity score is, I just completely flounder. I it is it is I am very good. I think what I've come to realize is why I struggle with this. I am good at naming a random baseball player off the top of my head, but I am then not good at giving you that entire baseball pr- player's career resume. So yeah. that's the hard part. That is the, the hard part. It's it the is depth
1: of knowledge, especially like when you get into like the. The twenty wins with the texas Rangers who right also played for the detroit like finding yeah. finding that guy who maybe was a maybe was a twenty win guy with the other team uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I the other day I was close. I played Nolan Ryan. I think I texted you all, and I was surprised Nolan Ryan did not win 20 games with the Rangers, and that was what that's what screwed me over that day. I thought yeah. for sure. What I always do the way I play it, is I look at the ones like I know this for sure. I know this for sure, and then you kind of, you, you get you go easy, and then you think about the hard ones along the way. And uh, I, that was like the third one I did. I'm pretty sure third or fourth one I did It's like Nolan Ryan's got to be a 20 game winner with the Rangers, and he wasn't. I was like, well, I just screwed myself once again. So. Yeah. Yeah, I suck at the Immaculate Grid. If you've got any suggestions, please feel free to send me some tweets at Mish underscore Pod. Slide into the DMs on TikTok or Instagram, Facebook. I don't really give a crap. I could use any advice because I am absolutely putrid at the Immaculate Grid. Now, uh, I will say this real quick, and this is kind of a half ass rant, I'm not going to lie, but I will just say one thing that did really upset me about the Tigers specifically in the last week, is something we actually briefly mentioned Monday night. And that is a gentleman by the name of Matt Manning. And this now will also start to encompass some other players as well. I'm not throwing my daggers directly at Matt Manning, but I am getting to the point now where I am just... For some of these guys, in particular, the two that come to my mind right away are Matt Manning and Akil Badu. For you guys, it's it's put up or shut up time. I, I really truthfully do believe that. This is now year three for both of them. Matt Manning has battled injuries. Akil Badu has battled injuries. They've both been at times very successful, but there's been a bulk of the time they've been very inconsistent. And I just am very curious to see how Scott Harris is going to handle this offseason with Mm -hmm. players like that. You know the Riley Greens are sticking around. You know the Kerry Carpenters. You know, Torkelson is very inconsistent, but he is having a better year than last year, no doubt about it. If I had to describe Torque this season, it's he had a dog shit 2022. He's had a very inconsistent 2023. Hopefully 2024, you know, water meets the surface and he kind of levels out. And we finally get whatever iteration of Spencer Torkelson we're going to get moving forward. But that is what it is. You know, guys, unless they get traded like Scooble are going to be around. Casey Mize is going to be around because, you know, he's. probably I don't think Mize is pitching this year. I'd be shocked if he was. Yeah. Um, but... Again, not really a rant, just more of a frustration and just putting this out there. I think for some of these guys, in particular, Matt Manning, who we have been hearing a lot about now for what, six, seven years, something like that at this point, mm-hmm. three years into the league, he is incredibly inconsistent. And I just wonder, I know, he, you know, he, here's, here's the thing about Matt Manning. He's had three or four atrocious starts in a row, but then again, at the beginning of July. He was one-third of the combined no-hitter. So it's like that just personifies who Matt Manning has been as a pitcher thus far. There are times he looks like he's going out there and he is going to be the next Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Rick Porcello, whoever you want to say that had a lot of success with the Tigers. And then there are times he goes out there and it looks like he's Jordan Zimmerman in 2019. And you're just like, what the hell is happening right now? So take that for what you all kind of kick the ball to you. Where do you think a guy like Manning, Badu Spencer, another guy I think of is Spencer Turnbull. I know he's injured right now, but it's like at this point, like what's the future with him? What do you got?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're, you're spot on in like what, what is to be done with, with the, the, the Akil Badus of the roster um where it's, like, give, give me a team that is everybody else is like 15% better. And I don't really mind having an Akil Badu on the roster. Um, but when there's so much work to be done on the roster and there's a decent amount of talent, um, kind of waiting at AAA, I, particularly with Akil Badu, I don't know why he's still getting at bats this year um like i don't i don't think it's going to get better i think it's it's like hit the peak i think that it's now time to bring up some of those guys f- slide them into the roster get them the get them the at bats like are you are you worse off with akil badu in the roster than uh getting justin henry malloy the the the, the the show experience, I, I don't think you are. So I think that if, if we don't move on from Akil Badu in the course of this, the rest of this season, either with like sending him down, DFAing him, whatever, whatever the move is, uh, I would be pretty shocked if we don't move on at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, I think it's just, it's frustrating. Cause you know, I've been saying this now, and I feel like the Tigers are two months over at this point, why they're not calling up guys. The only thing I can think of is they're trying to preserve service time so next year they can still have that rookie status. I think I don't remember what the date is off the top of my head, but I want to say it was sometime next week, either the 14th or the 17th, where now guys can be called up and still maintain their rookie status going into 2024. So you would imagine, whatever that date is, that we're going to see some moves made. Mm -hmm. And it's no disrespect to Akil Badu. Got to keep in mind, when he came on the scene in 2021, maybe one of the best first weeks of a baseball career that I've ever seen, at least in my lifetime. Uh, Truly, truly was incredible to see what he did. But I feel like when you talk about Akil Badu, that's all you talk about. and. Talking about one week that happened over 2 years ago does not warrant you to still maintain your roster spot on a major league baseball team. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. It's nothing personal. I like the guy. He seems like a cool dude. I do think he's got some talent. He's just been very inconsistent, but if this team is trying to move forward, you can't I think move forward the guy like Akil Bod do. Matt Manning, I'm giving a little bit more grace to just because I think if I had to say who's been more consistent over their three-year career, Matt Manning or Badu, I would give it to Matt Manning. Now, I don't mean to make fun of the guy's injuries, but honestly, he gets a hangnail and he goes on the IL for six months, it seems like. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I mean, guy broke his pinky toe, thought he'd miss a start, didn't come back till what was it, almost the 4th of July, maybe a little yeah. bit sooner? Like, come on, dude. So I'm not trying to make light of injuries, but... You know that is that's been a factor for Matt Manning in his career. It just has been, as as it has been for all the other Tigers pitchers. I mean, Tarek Skubal, Casey My, Spencer Turnbull. The list goes on and on. So, you know, when I was watching the game today, and again, it probably helps a little bit that they're on a three-game win streak. They played pretty damn well against the Twins. And I'm I'm not saying this sarcastically, but I watched some of these guys these last few games, and I went, okay. Okay, there are some puzzle pieces for the future. We know mm-hmm. Riley Green. Obviously, he's going to be a star here. I think we're all on board with that at this point in time. Kerry Carpenter, is someone for me who's really stepped up this season. Mm-hmm. Kerry Carpenter's a weird one for me, and I don't know if you agree with this. And I don't mean to be mean when I say this, but I kind of forgot about Kerry Carpenter going into <laughs> this season. Like every time I would see, like, oh yeah, he's going to like be penciled as like the team's like pretty much everyday DH when Miggy isn't DHing and he'll play some outfield too. I was like, I forgot kind of Kerry Carpenter was a thing, but he's. Red Hot, six-game, I believe it's a six-game hitting streak at this point in time, maybe a seven-game mm-hmm. hitting streak. So he's doing great. Matt Vierling. Matt Vierling has been really consistent for the Tigers. Yeah. I saw a good tweet today that was like, regardless of what happens with Nick Mayton, you have to feel like it was almost a draw at least with the Tigers and the Phillies trade this past offseason because the Tigers didn't need Gregory Soto. They didn't really need Cody Clemens. You know, they do still need a third base one. That's, that's evident. But they did get a pretty solid utility guy in Matt Veerling. Now, if in three years' time—and I don't say this to be rude—Matt Vierling is your starting outfielder, things probably still aren't looking great for the Tigers. Because while yeah. I think he will be, while I do think he can definitely be a contributor, unless maybe you know he turns, maybe he has like a JD Martinez kind of you know resurgence out of nowhere, where you're like you got to play this guy. Maybe that happens, and if so, play him every day. But if he's on the same trajectory where he is, where it's like, this guy's just a solid backup outfielder, solid infielder, he can get on base, he gets hits, he's quick on the bases. That's who you want. To me, when I see that, I almost think of Ryan Rayburn from back in the day. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you wanted Ryan Rayburn in your starting lineup, but like nine times out of 10, when he came up to like hit or if he was getting a start, I was like, I feel pretty confident with this guy. He's got to start on this team currently, given where they're at, but we'll kind of see where it goes from there. So, yeah, watching this team these last few days, I did kind of just vaguely start to see some glimpses of the future, at least in the outfield. I can't. There's a lot of work, a lot of work that needs. I, I think almost you can make an argument. Three out of the four infield spots, if, if you're excluding the no, so let me let me start that over. Probably three and a half out of the five infield spots need to need need work, need help. I mean, mm-hmm. Andy Abanis has been fine, sure. Javi Baez absolutely sucks. He's not going to opt out, but I hope he opts out, and they still don't have a third baseman. So, you know, they're probably hoping Justin Henry Malloy at third, maybe Colt Keith at second. You know, Jace Young maybe at second. You know, they gotta they gotta get some stuff going there. Um, Max Clark is, is Max Clark is absolutely roping the ball though down in the uh, the rookie leagues right now. It's just cool to see. Uh, I don't I don't think that means he's going to be here next week, but uh, we'll off to see a hot him on start, the fourteenth. See him on the 14th. So yeah, that's, again, not really a rant. Pouring an uh, an airing of the grievances, a festivus, if you will. But um, there are some bubble guys that I am going to be very curious to see where they stand after this offseason, if they're still wearing a Tigers uniform. Badu's one of them. Matt Manning, Eric Haas. I wonder if there's a world where maybe they eat Javi's contract and just say sayonara. But I don't really think they've got anybody else waiting. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just hoping... He comes into Javi from the Cubs, but I don't think that's ever happening. So that's all I got.
1: We're back on the Michigan and Trumble Trumbull podcast. Luke, I want to uh, bring us into a conversation that you and I sort of had via text um, that I would like to have on the podcast now. Uh, obviously last, last episode we talked about the trade deadline, the Tigers relative inactivity at the, at the trade deadline. Um, one team that we talked about a little bit being a little bit active and we talked about like being active, uh, more for show than maybe anything else. And I choose that word carefully. Uh, as the Los Angeles Angels uh dropped their first seven games after the trade deadline, <laughs> after they were gonna, you know, they were really gonna go for it, make that playoff push. Um, which then sparked the conversation where I said via text message I would almost rather be sitting where the Detroit Tigers are as a Tigers fan than to have been an angels fan for the past amount of time. The angels and the tigers made their last playoff appearances in the same season, the 2014 season. Um, and my, my opinion being at least we sort of knew the tigers were going to be bad Mm -hmm. for, for nearly all of that time. We've certainly had glimpses of hope moments where we've said on this show, Maybe this is the year. Maybe they're going to actually start to take a step. But at no point in that time did we have any glimpses or thoughts that this was a legitimate World Series contending team. And I would argue since that time, every season, preseason, the Angels look like a legitimate World Series contender. And then blow it somehow and don't even make the playoffs. And it looks like they're about to do that again. And so that's why, like, and I think also as part of it, as I've been thinking about this week, like, if we weren't, if this was four years ago, we weren't, we were only three years ish five years four and a half five years into a rebuild as opposed to nearly nine years into a rebuild looking at this season i'd be much more hopeful happy with how things are going seeing how things look like you just said like every now and then we're getting these glimpses of pieces where you're like okay maybe there's more there's more here than i'm thinking that there is. There's still obviously a long a lot of roster improvement to to go, but there is stuff here we have pieces of the puzzle uh whereas the angels they have the damn puzzle they've got everything, and they can't do it,
0: yeah, so. And we texted about this briefly. And I said, I, I, I don't necessarily, again, disagree. I guess what it comes down to is this. How do you like your pain to come? Do you like it to be long and brutal and you just know it's never going to be good? Or do you like it to be somewhat optimistic? Like, oh, maybe this won't be as bad as we think it is. Or maybe actually it'll be halfway decent. You know, I think the expectation is kind of where it starts, so to speak. So look at it this way, I guess. The Angels have had Mike Trout and Shohei Otane now in some combination for the last five to ten years. The Tigers had Miguel Cabrera now. He's, I think he did what five seasons with the Mar three, four, five. Yeah, so he's been with the Tigers now for fifteen yeah. seasons. So you can make an argument too, you know, that uh, Tigers have wasted Miguel Cabrera in. His prime years, now granted, his real prime years were 2010 to 2014 kind of Miggy. And for what it's worth, the team was very competitive during that window. Um, Much more competitive now in that five-year window than the Angels could have ever wished to be. What I will give you some props is this, and I stand corrected a little bit. When we were texting about it, I was like, yeah, you know. The Angels have been really crappy. They never have pitching. That's why I think they don't ever win, because they have zero pitching. Mm-hmm. I honestly couldn't tell you well, the last solid pitch. They have a very,
1: very they, good yes. pitcher.
0: <laughs> they have Shohei Otane, who is a complete freaking specimen. We're never going to see, I feel like, anything like him ever again in the game of baseball, um, or at least not in the too distant future. And, yeah, they've got one guy who every you know four or five days can go out there and be your workhorse, both pitching side and offensively. Um, the rest of the guys though, are just, are just guys who have a couple of good seasons or a couple of good outings, but they never amount to anything. And it just seems like whenever you go to LA, you turn into a wet noodle, so to speak. I mean, there's so many guys that have gone to LA that I feel like you just forget about. I mean, Anthony Rendon, now most recently, Lucas Giolito, like there's just, there's so many names that I just feel like they go to L.A. and they just kind of flounder and that's it. But I will say about surprising about the Angels is, I knew they've always been not great. But I thought they were at least uh, above 500, maybe 84 to 86 win team one or two of those years where they were at least, hey, you know what, we're not winning the division, but we're going for the wild card. For what it's worth, the Angels have not had a winning season since 2015. By definition, the Tigers have at least had one more winning season than them, and that was in 2016. They finished 500. They got, they got pretty much bounced from the playoffs on the last day of the season. So the Angels have not played winning baseball since 2015. So I guess the question again: How do you like your pain? Do you like going into a season being like, you know what? There's some pieces here. We've got Shohei. We've got Trout. If the pitching can hold up, we can make a run at this thing. Maybe not going to take on the Astros, but we sure shit can do better than the Rangers better than the Mariners, you know, we can, we can take on those teams, Oakland, but maybe we'll make, maybe we'll make a run at the wild card. Do you want to have that approach or do you want to have an approach going in April 1st being like, yeah, you know, if they can just crack 70 wins this year, that would be pretty awesome. I mean, that would be a pretty fun season if the Tigers could just get to 70 wins. It, again, it just, it depends. And let's see here. I'm pretty good with off the top of my head. So, and let's see if we're just looking at 20, so let's look at 2017 to now. So in 2017, the Tigers, I believe, went 64 and 98. Angels went 80 and 82. So objectively, a better season. 2018, they went 80 and 82 again. Ironically enough, the Tigers also went 64 and 98. I believe in those seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Like pull the, Tigers. Yeah, pull the Tigers. Yeah, uh, Pope the Tigers team totals. If you wouldn't mind, just to mm-hmm. double check me on this. Uh, Angels in 2019 went 72 and 90. That was the abysmal 47 win team of 2019. Uh, COVID, they went 26 and 34. I think the Tigers went a little less than that. I honestly don't remember the Tigers' COVID record. Um, 2021, I think they had a similar record. Again, 77 and 85. I want to say that's what the Tigers finished in 2021, if I'm not mistaken.
1: 77 85,
0: yes. And, and then 2022, Angels went 73 and 89. Tigers went 66 and 96. And currently, the Angels are at 500 and the Tigers or it's uh, it, 11 games under 500 now, I believe. So realistically, it's a lot more on par than I thought. And I'll give you credit there. I thought the Angels had at least a season or two where it's like, all right, they didn't win, but they at least put together 87, 88 wins and they missed out on the playoffs. But when you make the comparison, you're not wrong. And I think you can just make an argument that both teams have squandered once-in-a-lifetime Talented players, the Angels, that being Trout and Otane, the Tigers with Miguel Cabrera. Now, again, I give Miggy kind of the slight pass because, in his prime, Miggy was being the was being the captain on some very, very, very good Tigers baseball teams. It feels that like it went was to, 60 went to years a World
1: Series. Point. Like, I mean, like that's the yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's the that yeah. in Miggy's com- in Miggy's com- prime years, they went to the, right. They went to a World Series. Didn't get they it competed. done, but I mean that Correct. that happens. But like in. Yeah. Otani and Trout's prime. They haven't even been to the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Has Mike Trout, he, been, he went to one playoff game, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. They I went to went, one,
0: went one and they got bounced. I think it was a one game playoff and they got bounced. Yeah. It's gotta be what it was. If I'm not mistaken, he's either been to one or none. So you're exactly right. And I guess, uh, what well, this is a lesson for me is do some research before you open your big fat mouth, Luke, because honestly, I thought it, there was a little bit more, a little bit more distance between the two of them, realistically, there's not a whole lot of daylight. I mean, if you want to look at it on a record, I mean, and what's fascinating, too, is there's a couple seasons where their records are almost identical. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, they, where the Angels get the slight, I guess, bump over the Tigers is in 27 and 2018, they were a game away from finishing both those seasons, 581 and 81. They went 80 and 82. In 2019, they were decidedly better because the Tigers were absolutely dog shit in 2019. COVID was COVID. And then, so the Angels might have them overall in wins and losses. But if you're looking overall at what team has had more success, really the answer is neither. They yeah, both it, just kind of sat there and, and treaded it, water very poorly.
1: And certainly if you put those rosters, the rosters of those years next to each other, mm-hmm. though it, they should not be anywhere close in, in win total. Um. Yeah. Interesting. Anything else we want to talk well, about before we before we go into the numbers game, Luke?
0: I just want to see real quick how many years have we had the legendary Shohei? God, we've had Shohei. Shohei Otani's been in the league since 2018. So this is his sixth year in the major leagues. Wow. I feel like he just kind of came like a couple, like a year or two ago.
1: COVID, Boy, man. I don't like. I don't.
0: I don't like getting old. I don't like uh, pandemics. (laughs) And that's why I I think that's why my memory is so shitty, which is probably why I suck at the Immaculate Grid. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you go full circle.
1: Okay, Luke, we mentioned it earlier. Today, Riley Green hit a 453-foot home run at Comerica Park. That is not good enough for the top five of home runs hit at Comerica Park. So the first question I'm going to ask you, who has hit the longest home run at Comerica Park?
0: Are we saying this is a Tigers player or not a Tigers player?
1: It does not necessarily have to be a Tigers player.
0: Oh shit! To I help you, one, I, I will say. Yeah, go ahead.
1: They were a Tiger when they hit it.
0: Okay. There's two names that come to mind, and I don't know if they're recent or not, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go Prince Fielder.
1: It's not Prince Fielder. And I will tell okay, you my Prince, second guess Prince Fielder, okay, not even in the top five list.
0: Wow. Okay. Good to know. He was only sometimes I forget too. Prince was only there for two years. It wasn't yes. a super long Detroit stay. Uh pa- JD paid Martinez. Him for a lot more years. Yes, yes. Yes, they did. JD?
1: It was JD Martinez. Yep. On July twenty first, twenty fifteen. Do you know how far he hit it?
0: Well, if Rogers was 453, I'm going to assume it was over that. Hey, that's a good and guess, And yeah. I'm going to say... I'm going to go 479.
1: Not quite that far. 467 was the distance okay. Okay. out of Comerica Park. Okay, so of the top five, um, we just mentioned that obviously JD was a tiger when he hit that one. Of the top five, how many of those home runs were hit by tigers.
0: There have been a lot of guys who have come into Comerica park and made that very big ballpark look very small and they have bullied the tigers. So I'm actually going to say more non tigers have hit in the top five than actual tigers. I'm going to say three non tigers to two actual tigers.
1: That is correct. Who's the other tiger?
0: Um, the big fellow, Miguel Cabrera.
1: That is correct. He hit a 459 foot home run on June 29th, 2016. Uh, nice. Uh, hitting, hitting two of not quite the, the other one was not quite that distance um, in a span of nine days, just absolutely <laughs> bombing home runs that, if I,
0: that if two week if period. I'm not mistaken, yeah. Well, I, I would just, I know Miggy, first of all, shout out to Miguel Cabrera. He's just passing guys left and right. Just passed Tony Gwynn on the all-time hit list. He's now a top twenty all time hits leader in Major League Baseball. Just kudos to the big man. He's just the best ever. I would love to see him hit a home run just one more time. And it's got to. And I want. Mm-hmm. I want it to be at home too. I know he had one earlier in the season, but one more, Miggy. You got to find something. Just one more. I would just love to see it. And if he, as I said in our group text, our group chat, if he hits a home run in either of the two games when we're there at the end of the season when Cleveland's in town, tears will be shed. Tears will mm-hmm. be shed by a grown, grown man. Many grown men will be crying, I'm sure. I'll be one of them.
1: So just to, just to kind of round out the story of, of long home runs at Comerica Park, uh, J.P. or uh Hit one on September 7th, 2015. Uh, no, no video of it. Uh, I don't know why <laughs> there's not video of it. It was 2015. <laughs> we had video of games. We did. Um, that we did. But uh, yeah, hit a 464 foot uh, bomb off of Tiger's starter Randy Wolf. Uh, remember the Wolf Man. Uh, most recently, uh, in 2020, Fran Mil hit hit a 462 foot uh, out of off of Ivanova. Uh, the big fella. Some
0: Really great names. Some great names are gonna be PS- PTSD <laughs> with Randy Wolf and Yvonne Nova. Awesome. Who's up next? Uh, is it and, Matt Moore?
1: And then the uh, the number number five at four hundred fifty eight feet in April two thousand nineteen, Yon Mankata. You want to guess who Yon, who Yon hit it off of? Twenty nineteen. Starting Tigers? pitcher or reliever? Start uh starting pitcher.
0: There was Boyd, there was Turnbull, I think that was Nova that year. God, I've, I've tried to black out that year so much. Um, let's go with Matt Boyd.
1: Hang on, I'm just double-checking that I, I was not lying to you.
0: There's also, do you know how many, do you know how many, the revolving door of pitchers that came in that season, so even if it was a reliever, I you I wouldn't be, yeah.
1: It was uh it was Jordan Zimmerman.
0: Oh yeah, that's yeah, he was a star. Absolutely. And that yeah. makes perfect sense. It makes, he let's started never naming guys, and I was like,
1: wait, hang on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. That was that was his if I remember, if I recall, I think that was his final year. Is that or twenty twenty was his final year at the Tigers God. He, he was so in, good until they signed him with that extension.
1: Yoma kind of hit shit. it in April. Do you know how hard he had to hit that ball for it to carry that far? <laughs> in April? In Detroit. I will never
0: forget I will never forget in 2019, opening day, Tigers were in Toronto. Jordan Zimmerman, I think, pitched a seven-inning shutout to start the season. Tigers were tied, I want to say, going into the top of the ninth, the top of the 10th. Kristen Stewart. And no, we're not talking about the Twilight actor. We're talking about Kristen Stewart, number 14, the left-hander. Uh, he hit a two-run bomb at the Rogers Center. And I remember the first week or two of that season, they were like, and like Mm -hmm. hovering around 500 for like the first two or three weeks. I will never forget living in the city. And the Tigers took two from Boston in a doubleheader. And I was so excited because the Tigers just won a doubleheader against the Red Sox in Boston. Sean's Cubs won at Wrigley. I think we went to that game. And then we went to the G-Man Tavern. And celebrated happily. I remember the bartender there; she was the Tigers fan, and I was like, "You know what? This is a great day to be a Tiger fan. No matter what happens, the rest of the season, we'll always have today." And then the Tigers like (laughs) proceeded to go on and barely win like thirty-five more games that year, and it was just a complete and utter shit show. But But, uh, yeah, that doesn't none of those names that you threw out surprise me. And uh, yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of guys who have not played for the Tigers. Who have come into that ballpark over the years and made it look tiny? Jermaine Dye pops to mind. Jim Tomey, Nelson Cruz, mm-hmm. Whit Merrifield didn't hit a lot of home runs, but damn it, did he hit the ball all, all over the field and make the Tigers' lives a living Whit hell? Made
1: the field look made the field look even bigger because he would find yeah. corners for that ball to go into.
0: <laughs> God, yeah, he was some of the. I mean, I think the worst Tigers killer of all time has got to be Nelson Cruz. Uh, him and Jim Tomey, in particular, Jose Abreu. I yep. mean, yeah, there's so many. There's, and, it, and it seems like anyone who ever plays against the Tigers always comes back and likes to just beat them. Are we aware that Willie Castro has almost 30 stolen bases this year? Yeah. Three, zero stolen bases. I tweeted it out. When Willie was with the Tigers, he couldn't beat the ghost of Gerald Laird in a foot race. He leaves Detroit and turns into Ricky frickin' Henderson. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I when I saw that stat the other night, I could not believe it. He has like 29 stolen bases on the year or something like that. Absolute insane.
1: It's a great moment in the broadcast today where uh was it Shep and Mabin today? Yeah, it was. Uh, mm-hmm. where where Shep said uh, Willie Castro said that, you know, he doesn't nothing nothing special about coming in to to play the other guys, and Cameron Mabin just goes, he's lying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, there's been a lot of guys. I mean, Willie Castro's beat up on the Tigers a little bit this year. I think Harold Castro, when they played the Rockies, had like three or four hits yep. that series. Cody Clemens walked it off against the Tigers in Philly that one game. I'm sure Gregory Soto struck out some guys. I think Joe Jimenez struck out some guys. Like it's there, they, it just I mean that's how it is for all the teams too. Nick Mayton, to be fair, he hit a home run against the Phillies. The Tigers were already way out of that game uh, back in June, but you know he beat up on his former team a little bit, but. It just without fail. It it seems that any former tiger that comes back to Detroit loves to just piss on the Tigers just a little bit more. Uh, you know, as if they didn't do anything while they were with the Tigers. And they just like to twist the knife in a little bit and um, you know, really give make the Tigers life a living hell when they come back to visit Camerica.
1: Yeah, they do. They do.
0: That's the games, them's the ropes. Yeah. Them's the ropes, folks.
1: And uh yeah. That'll do it for this week, I think. Luke, yep. have a good one. Hopefully, we're we're in in good moods again two weeks from now when we record again. Uh, that the Tigers have continued their their winning ways. Uh, as, They've long as, as long as they got a tough yeah. stretch
0: coming up, as they don't play the Rays. Yeah, they got. I think they're in Boston this weekend, and then next week back. Oh, one last thing. I'm sorry. know we're trying to wrap up yeah. here. One thing I do want to give the Tigers credit for, and I want to get the number right here, so please just bear with me for 20 more seconds. Hold on here. So they held up a graphic on the Wednesday night game when the Tigers erupted for 17 hits. Hmm. The Tigers this year against the AL Central, I'm assuming this didn't take into consideration the Wednesday and Thursday wins, they are 21-13 and against the AL Central, and compared to all the other teams, that is the best record against their own division. So yes. And they I went have, two
1: more games. So
0: yeah. So they're, they, that, that would put them at 21 yeah. wins now against AL Central opponents this season. I will be the first to raise my hand and said, I have made fun of this team and rightfully so. And I will continue to do so until I see an overall improvement from the product on the field. Having said that, give credit where credit's due. I remember the last season or two, we would say, you're never going to get anywhere until you can at least beat the teams within your own division. And for what it's worth, As of now, at least, the Tigers have done that. Now they've got a couple more games going on this season against Cleveland, Minnesota, the White Sox. I think they're done against Kansas City for the year, if I'm not mistaken. So that record could obviously fluctuate over these next couple of weeks. But for what it's worth, the Tigers have played pretty darn well against AL Central opponents. Mm -hmm. They completely forget how to play baseball, it seems, against all other opponents. But against the people within their division, you got to almost say two thumbs up. It's been pretty... Pretty impressive. Knock on wood that it continues for the rest of the season. And when this episode drops on Monday after the Boston series, they're right back against some AL Central opponents with Cleveland and Minnesota. So you gotta you gotta stay hot. Gotta beat the teams in your division if you have a fighter's chance.
1: Yes, they do. And we'll be here to talk about it when they uh, have, you know, reclimbed back into the AL Central race because they're, believe it or not, not out of it yet. So we'll see what happens. Have a good week, Luke.
0: See you, man.